Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you guys back to another episode of Whose World Is This with Junior Renate Bobrun. I truly appreciate you guys tuning in. I am your humble host. The mere fact that people actually listen to my voice, besides, you know, people that I know, my close friends and family, is humbling, you know, to a certain degree. It is. Um, this is, like I've mentioned before, this is uh, this is fast becoming something that I want to turn into a profit center because right now it's a passion project. But I actually, I really, truly enjoy this show. I enjoy the feedback that I've been getting on this show. And I'm realizing now that um, the more I do it and the more people ask for more episodes and the more people that email me, <clears throat> I'm realizing this is something that I'm comfortable doing because I'm in my own particular lane. As I said it in the first episode, I'm not chasing the headlines. I'm not plucking things out of the media and using them as just to incite and not to elucidate things of that. You know, I don't do that. That's a cheap card trick. We don't do that here. Um, and so for me, I'm just, you know, going off of my own streams of consciousness, my own personal thoughts, my own personal uh, journey and experiences. And it's coming from my perspective. And I'm pretty sure that there are those out there who share, you know, what I'm feeling, who can who can relate and it resonates with them. And that's who I'm speaking to. You know, there's, you know, this is not for everybody, but for everybody it is for, I would like to reach them. That's pretty much what this is. Um, again, uh, before we get started, I'd like to give you guys obviously contact information and things like that. For me, if you have any suggestions, you have any concerns, any questions regarding this show, show topics, things that you think should be discussed further or haven't been discussed enough, or you have varying opinions and I would love to share those opinions with the rest of our audience. You can reach me at whose world is this two one at gmail.com. That's whose world is this two one at gmail.com. Also, you can reach me on our Instagram page, which is whose world is this 2021 on Instagram. That is W H O S E W O R L D. I-S-T-H-I-S 2021 or 2021 on Instagram. It's there. In any case, uh, I'd also like to take a moment out for any of the, the, the women out, anybody in the audience. If you have any special women in your life, you know, whether it's a teenager, a young adult, your mom, your grandma, your aunt, whoever, maybe even a colleague at work, your professor, your, uh, your coach, my fiance Lenore Batista has a fantastic group of journals, a collection of journals that she created that are very, very empowering. And I'd like you guys to check them out at our website, ChavezHouse.com. That is C-H-A-V-E-S House.com. And you can also follow her on Instagram at T-R-U-L-Y-L-E-N-A-U-R-E. Truly Lenore. Her name is spelled L-E-N-A-U-R-E. -E. She has great content. It's empowering. It's positive. It's awesome. It's it what I feel it adds value to our our life and it could add value to your day. Also, um, if you guys are looking for supplements, if you guys are looking for skincare products, health hair care products. Uh, vitamins, organic vitamins, things of that nature, I would direct you to onelavi.com. That is O-N-E-L-A-V-I.com. They're awesome products that I actually use. I use these products. I like and I love these products. I know how these products are sourced, where they're sourced from. It's a very, very good site that has very, very quality products that you're not going to find your, at your local uh, a vitamin store or even your pharmacy where you get things <clears throat> onelavi.com check out truly lenore for her books check out chavezhouse.com whose world is this okay that's all the actual announcements i have now what's this show about as you guys already know out there if you're fans of my show 
or if you've been listening, you know that I like to title every episode. So what's the title of this episode? This is season two, episode five. What are we titling this episode? Well, we're going to title this episode, Watch Them. Titling it, Watch Them. Because I'm, I'm in the street. I'm a hyper observant person. What I do is I walk around a lot. I walk when I, I people watch a great deal. I like to I like to eat at outdoor cafes. I like to walk around the malls. I browse. I, I like it. I walk around the streets at night alone, but I also like to watch people. I like to look people in their eyes. It, that was an important trait to have growing up in Queens, New York when I did because you had to watch people's mood, movements. If those movements were furtive, you had to have your fight or flight engaged often so you would know that if this person that's across the street or on your side of the street or whatever the case may be is friend or foe i uh my observational skills became quite enhanced and engaged i feel at an early age i realized you know uh, the rules to the jungle that i was in we're all in jungles it doesn't matter but i understood the rules early some people that didn't understand those rules they paid the ultimate price for it and that's unfortunate but for me people watching has always given me a great deal of pleasure and i and i garner and i and i glean a great deal of information from it and when i'm out in the street what i notice is no one's watching other people (laughs) like i am everyone's watching their phones or their devices, people are walking and crossing streets with their heads down, not paying attention to the world. We had this conversation in, in episode one, but this is very important. We're going to go a little deeper into it now. We're going to, I don't want to call it a deep dive. That's like the new thing, right? Deep dive. You know, it's, to me, deep dive is turning into um that phrase that we used to use a lot several years ago, thinking outside the box. Doesn't that make you want to jump off a, a, a long, long mountain or high mountain? Yeah, thinking outside the box. So deep diving now is turning into that phrase. I would like, I'd rather say examine further, you know, or something along those lines. Deep diving, it's it's too easy. It's too easy a phrase to, 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 to do violence to. In any case, I'd like to examine that further, what we discussed about um, paying attention to the glass that's in our middle of our living room. That's not our window. We're paying attention to the glass uh, which represents our television or the glass that represents our laptop screens or our computer devices, but that window to the outside world, which is our actual glass that's showing us what's going on outside. We rarely use that anymore. And we're not using our eyes to see the world. We're using everyone else's perspective to see the world. So when I'm outside in the street and I'm walking around and I'm seeing what people are wearing, how people are treating each other, how parents are treating kids our kids are treating siblings our kids are treating parents how couples are interacting with people i'm noticing that everyone is getting their most people most people especially of a certain age group are paying attention to what's going on in their phone i'm seeing people go walking up and down stairs paying attention to their phone and not the stairs so you're not paying attention to whether you're ascending safely or or descending safely from a stair because what's on your phone is so important because you're staring at your phone. And I find that quite interesting that this is where we are right now, that we're watching these screens all the time. Um, what are we doing? There's a study out that says that um, the average attention span, I think Microsoft came up with this study, that the average attention span of an adult right now is about eight seconds. And in the year 2000, it was 12 seconds. Eight seconds for, a t- for, for, a, for, for an attention span? What does that even mean? Let me break that down. Let's, let's, let's have a conversation about that. An eight-second time span for an adult, not a child, not a kid, a, 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 an adolescent or, or a toddler who's running around and, you know. No, here's the funny thing about little kids. Here's the hilarious, hilarious thing about children. Children can play with a doll and come up with a whole story and sit there for hours. People can use a uh, children can use a broom and treat it like it's a horse and sit there 
for hours creating a scenario. When I was a kid, I had these inanimate G.I. Joe dolls from the cartoon G.I. Joe. And, and they didn't do anything but just stand there. They all had different uniforms on. They just stood there. And what did I do with my G.I. Joes? I gave them voices, right? I gave them, when I had little toy cars, I gave them all names of my cars. We, we created stories as children. So the funny thing is, I said the average adult has an eight second time uh, attention span. I'm not speaking about children. Children are still in imagination mode from ages. Remember, we had this conversation, episode one, season one, episode one. Children are still in theta. Children are still vibrating in a sort of hypnotic state. So they're using and they're engaging a great deal of their imagination. It's the reason why a little girl can have a tea party with these imaginary friends and she can sit there for minutes, if not an hour, having a full-on conversation with her imaginary friend. She has dressed her imaginary friend. She can speak in the, in the tone and cadence and voice of her imaginary friend. This is what children can do. Guess what, adults? You don't have the attention span to even do what the six and seven-year-olds in your life are doing. That's what this study is telling me, that right now, as adults, we are lacking in what? Imagination. Because we're, giving it, we're, get, we're getting it in, in this two-dimensional world. Children are seeing things that aren't even there, and adults are telling them, no, that's not really there. And a child coming from nowhere and is now here can see things we can't see. Did you ever hear, hear the term that 90% uh, um, uh, of communication is nonverbal? Yes. So it's also, there's so many things that are going on in our minds right now that our minds can't even communicate to our uh, uh, conscious selves. So many pieces of information are going on around us, but we're only taking in a certain amount. And now, in our evolution, now, this deep in humanity, this far along in humanity, in our technological state where we're living longer than ever before, we have more health care than ever before, we have access to all of these things more than ever before, right now we have the lowest attention span in the history of mankind. Why is that? I remember speaking to a friend of mine in our, um, I was speaking to him how, hilarious these uh instagram reels can be you know and i could sit there and watch a dozen two dozen instagram reels and i'm saying to myself oh that was funny haha <laughs> that was funny <laughs> that was funny 15 seconds 5 seconds 10 seconds 15 seconds 13 seconds 28 seconds 15 seconds and all of a sudden it's gone tiktok how, how long are TikTok videos? About 60 seconds long, sometimes a lot shorter, right? And so then, then the question is, are we ingesting or are we digesting? Is that what's going on? What's going on now? Are we ingesting or are we digesting? What's the difference, right? Well, in, in, in food terms or in eating terms, if you ingest something, you're taking it into your body. That's all you're doing. You just took it into your body. But if you digest it, then what do you do? You're breaking it down into smaller particles so that it turns into molecules. Then you convert it into energy. Then it's absorbed in your body. Now you're absorbing it. And now you're getting what? More from the food. Now you're digesting it. You're getting what? Nutrients. You're getting vitamins. You're getting aminos. You're getting all the things that you need to function as a human being. So you didn't just ingest you digested. What I say to you now is we're not digesting information. If our attention spans are only eight seconds, then we're only ingesting. Think about how we watch television shows right now. We get, they don't give us a show once per week so we can sit there with that show. If you watch the show on Monday, right? You watched it 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., your favorite show comes on, whatever network you watch, and you watched it from beginning to end. You're not going to get another episode for another seven days. Interesting number, seven days. The next Monday. So you, you're sitting there. You ingested that episode on Monday. 
But now you have six to seven days to digest that episode. You get to discuss it with friends and family, other fans of that show. You get to take in the information from that show until the next episode. That show has become now a part of you. You didn't just ingest it. But now we don't get one episode at a time. We get the whole season. There are times, and I'm guilty of this, and I'm an avid book reader, but I'm guilty of this, of of binge watching a show. I'm watching 10 episodes. It's a Saturday. I don't have anything to do, et cetera, et cetera. I'm watching 10 episodes of this show. Now I'm on the fourth season. I can barely remember what happened in season one. I have to go back. They're introducing a, a character from season one, and as, and as opposed to me sitting there, you know, gasping or you know just like going ah oh my god this this character i don't even remember that character now that character was introduced back in season one and episode two and i don't remember that because i i binged every single episode i ingested it but i didn't digest anything so now we have these 10 second reels and 15 second reels and we can go through them and go through them and go through them you know dozen we can spend a whole hour going through tiktok is making a fortune of 60 second clips yes the clips are funny oftentimes yes they exhibit our spontaneity and our creativity but i worry i worry about that i remember i used to have a youtube show i mean i deleted sorry guys i deleted all the episodes so if you try to youtube that it will be, you won't find that it's an old old show i did several years ago and um i would do a 35 minute episode and um, friends of mine would go, oh, man, June, uh, I can't wait to check out that episode. But ooh, 35 minutes. Ooh, yeah, I'm going to have to set some time aside for that. And I was like, OK, OK. You know, then I would do a 45 minute episode. And people are like, I didn't get around to it yet because it was so long. And people would be like, oh, that was just that was a lot. I, I couldn't get through it. And I'm saying to myself. We sit through hour and a half classes at school. Um, you can sit through 35, 40 minutes of what I'm saying. Plus, you know me, so you know that it's going to be maybe kind of interesting, so to speak. And it'll be and it'll be a great discussion topic for our next conversation when we do speak. But I noticed even my friends didn't want to listen to me for 35, 40 minutes. So I started questioning myself until I realized I was getting several thousand views and there were people out there that were actually watching it. And friends of mine who knew about analytics were saying, June, people are watching your videos for a longer period of time than they're watching a lot of other kind of videos. They were watching my videos for seven, eight minutes at a time. And my thing is, I'm accustomed to watching a whole hour and a half lecture in one sitting. Or I'm listening to it or it's playing in the background and I'm rewinding it and, you know, and I'm saying, wow, are you telling me that to get people to sit down and watch something for set for seven to eight minutes is actually a task? And yes, it is. This is where we are. What is that saying about us on a whole? So even with this show, I was very, very, very time conscious. It was friends of mine, very close people who enjoy what I say and how I say it. That said, June, don't trouble yourself with length. Tr worry about your content don't worry about how long it takes to get your point across some people will just come back to it if they could only watch 20 minutes at a time they'll watch the 20 minutes and then when they get back to it it'll be right where they left it off and they'll go back and they'll finish it off trust me and i said okay because i was really cognizant of the time the time tribe of people's attention spans. And I almost allowed that to creep into the narrative of this show. That's why I have to remain steadfast in that. I'm out here doing this show, looking for my tribe. It's not going to be a lot of shenanigans on this show. There's not going to be buffoonery. I'm not going to cater to those whose maybe attention spans is a little lower or a little shorter. I'm, this is just not for them. You know, 
This is the long version. I'm not doing it for them. Maybe I'll hire someone else. As this platform grows and our media companies grow and expands and we get more financing and more money in, like I said, I will be adding cash apps and Venmos and things like that in various ways for people to donate. And then maybe I will add another show that maybe is a shorter version. But me, this is the long version. I, I prefer, you know, easing people in to my world and my narrative and the parallels that I bring in my way. Like I said, this is how I speak to a lot of my friends on the phone. This is how I speak to a lot of the friends that I have in my life when we meet up and link up. So I'm inviting you to have a conversation with me the way I converse. When I'm in school and I speak to my professors, when I'm speaking to friends of mine in the library and things like that, these are the kind of conversations I I, I have. When I'm on the phone with a lot of my friends, these conversations go on two, three hours. I have several friends who you can't get us off of the phone. It's it's you. We have you have to pry us. We will we will be late for other engagements just to get these points meted out because it's just so refreshing. And we both uh, we, we feel elucidated. We feel illuminated. We feel elevated from the actual dialogue. So that's why I'm not going to change this format. I'm not changing it. You know, I'm not doing it shorter. No one's asking Francis Ford Coppola to to shorten The Godfather. There are actually people out there who didn't watch The Godfather because it was too long. The Godfather is, what is it, two hours, 58 minutes, three hours long? One of the greatest films in American movie history has people who haven't watched it because it is three hours long. So you're depriving yourself of watching one of the greatest movies. I watch The Godfather all the time. I don't think there's a month that goes by, or maybe I would say two months that go by. I think I watch The Godfather every six. If The Godfather's on TV, I make time. And I'm talking about the TV version, which can go on for almost an eight-hour day. I'll watch it. And just to sit there and watch Francis Ford Coppola give me a still shot. A still shot. Do you know what a still shot is? Still shot is when a camera is just sitting there in the room. The camera barely moves and it's just showing the people in the room having a conversation. You know how difficult it is to get a still frame right now? A still cam or a steady cam just sitting there watching two people speak. You have to watch maybe an indie film or a Quentin Tarantino film. If you watch Kill Bill, Kill Bill 2, and you watch Beatrix Kiddo with Bill sitting there on the balcony or the patio of the hacienda, and they're just sitting there talking. There is no music. There is no ominous sounds in the background. It's just them sitting there talking for a long time. How often do you get that? What you get now is something called jump cuts, where you see the camera moving here and there, here and there, because they're saying people's attention spans are so short, they're not going to sit there and just watch two people speaking. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I think if you give if you give people the right content, they'll sit there and they'll watch it and they'll listen to it. You know what I mean? I don't want to get into anything. I don't want to get into in, into anything conspiratorial where it says this is all by design. They're trying to lower our attention span and dumb us down. Blah blah blah. I'm not going to get into that. But when you watch a movie like uh, the average, when you watch a movie from the 70s and even the 80s. And you see that steady cam just being just sitting there while two people just speak to each other. It is some of the most beautiful film ever. If you could just watch and sit there and listen to a compelling conversation by two very compelling characters or three characters. But instead, now what we have is a camera jumping every three, four seconds. It's like, wait, it's one, one minute is looking at the car, then the car is crashing, then the person, then you're looking at the person in the back seat, then it's showing. And you're going, what, what, what the hell? You're in a movie theater going, what's going on? And that's supposed to add to the excitement. And oftentimes, he's just, you're just getting jump cut happy. And that becomes a problem. So I start to ask myself, are people that want to just sit there and listen to someone speak for a long period of time? Or watch a movie and just listen or just watch the two characters for a long period of time? Is that becoming a dying breed? No, it's not. You want to know why? I'm not going to mention these schools. 
most of us most likely that are watching this show went to public school. If you went to private school, your private school probably didn't cost twenty, thirty thousand dollars Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But for most people in the world, your private school didn't cost ten, fifteen thousand dollars per year if you were seven or six or seven years old. But I'm going to talk about several schools that I know of in New York City that whose price tag is about over fifteen thousand to twenty thousand per year per student. And guess what? Those students aren't allowed to watch television. The school gives the parents several pre-ordered children's movies. Movies that they chose, that the school and the curriculum chose for the children to watch. The kids are not allowed to watch any television except with the, the school's recommended movies for that child in that age group. Did you hear what I just said? Absolutely new TV before the age of six. Are you listening? You know, before the age of six. Are you listening to me right now? Not only that, part of the school curriculum and part of the homework for the weekend. You know what the homework for the weekend is? The parent is supposed to take their child to a park on Saturday or ice skating or roller skating or to a museum or to the aquarium. Why? Why do you ask me? Let's go back. Let's go back to episode one when I spoke about the Jesuits and the Aristotelians and the, and the philosophers that go back four, five, six hundred years and they said, give me the child until their seventh birthday and I will show you the man. I will show you the adult. Give me the child until their seventh birthday and I will show you the adult. So why is it that these schools, I'm talking about today, in 2021, today, private schools where the elites, where the wealthy and the propertied and the educated send their children. These schools are not allowing these kids to watch television before the age of six. Oh, six, seven years old. Huh. Coincidence? Question mark. I think not. They want these children to see life in three dimensions, if not more than three. Do you hear what I'm saying? They don't want it. They, you don't want these kids to see life from a screen, from a tablet, from a laptop, from a from a flat screen on the wall in their home. They want those children outside. So the part of the curriculum, this is homework for the children. The children are supposed to go outside for homework. When they go into school Monday morning, the teacher asks, what did you do this weekend? If you said watch TV, your kid may get kicked out. Your job as a parent is now to take your child out to what? Actually see the world. To find out whose world it is. <laughs> to find out their world. Go to a park. Bring an easel. Bring a canvas. Go paint, little one. Go to the library, little one. Go to uh, uh, the museums. Go run around. Go run track. Go play basketball. Do something three-dimensional. Learn about your world. That's your homework. Inform yourself about what's going on in the world. Don't just sit there watching cartoons. Look at the colors on the blue jay on the birds. Don't pay attention to all the graphics in that cartoon or in that video game. There's no child in America right now that should be playing video games at, at under seven years old. No way. And this school says they're Children are not allowed to have cell phones and the children are only allowed to watch uh, uh, certain prescribed children's movies. And every weekend, there's a, even on the weekdays sometimes, homework is, oh no, there's something playing at such and such. Take them to an orchestra. Take them to an opera. Take them to a play. Take them to the museum openings. Take them outside. That's what the educated, wealthy, and property are doing with their kids. What are you doing with yours? question mark sorry i'm not trying to shame anybody i'm just letting you know that for you to know how to think and dissect and, and, and see the world and digest 
what's going on. You're going to have to get out of these jump cuts. Get out of these eight second attention span loops. Get out of these 60 second videos. Get out of these tweets. Remember when on Twitter you could only tweet a certain amount of characters? And so everybody was just reading tweets, reading tweets, reading tweet, tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. What does that say about our attention spans when we have to make these real life decisions when it comes to what goes on in our politics? <clears throat> Can we have true philosophical discussions if no one is reading the books on philosophy and sociology and anthropology and economics and psychology? If no one is reading these books, what is that saying about the world? Reading isn't just some way to cram facts into your brain. It's a way to rewire how your brain works it, it imagines alternative paths remembers details pictures i remember i used to read a book a long time ago in new york city be the middle of the winter had a ton of books i had books on my bookshelf then i had books around my bed i had books on my bed in various stages of completion or or or, or introduction i'd have the pages folded i'd have parts highlighted and underlined i had books everywhere <clears throat> And I would read a sentence from a particular book. And that sentence, for some reason, would shake me to my core to the point where I couldn't read another word of it. What happened, you ask? I ingested it and I realized to digest it, I needed more time. It's almost as if I bit off more than I could chew. So what did I do? I literally got out of my bed in the middle of the winter now, put on my clothes, got out of my house and I would walk the streets of New York at 12, one o'clock in the morning and I'm talking to myself and I'm repeating that sentence back to me and for whatever reason it's conjuring up things from my past, good, bad, or indifferent and, it's, and I'm, I'm able now to draw parallels to that sentence that I wrote, I mean that, that I read and that statement and to things that occurred in my life that's the power of reading. Expands your vocabulary, yeah. You're able to uh, create inroads and intellectual inroads that weren't possible before because now reading makes you work. You have to earn everything that you read. But now, look, you have articles now online. Guess what? The article is telling you, oh, this is only going to be a three-minute read. People are like, phew, only three minutes. So this person... This editor, this journalist, this whoever spends hours researching this material. Hours. It can take hours. It can take weeks. It can take days. It can take months to research ethically and accurately a particular subject. And they have to reduce it to a four-minute read. To get people to, 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 so you have to leave, you know how much information you have to leave out after you did hours, days, weeks, if not months worth of research, and you have to whittle it down and dilute it and edit it down to a three minute read, a four minute read, because you've been told that the attention span of the average adult is eight seconds and they're not going to sit there and read your 15 minute blah 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 they're not going to do it they're not going to read your eight minute six minute five they're not going to do it if you can't give it to them in bite sizes something that they can bite and then regurgitate on twitter or whatever website forum that they're on and copy and paste and meme remember what we spoke about in episode one about drive-through knowledge that's not how knowledge is attained gained acquired it's not you don't get to one window one window order knowledge and then about 10 feet or 12 feet up you get the knowledge with cheese and you keep driving it's not how it works it's not how true intelligence works it works it's not how true intellect works it's not how wisdom is acquired it doesn't happen that way maybe this whole diatribe i'm going on is a big large psa for reading old books and watching old movies and I think that's what it is. But I, yeah, I think that's what it is. I really do. Because there is no substitute for it yet. There is no substitute for picking up 
uh, Dostoevsky or an Edgar Allan Poe reading poems. There's no, there's no substitute for reading a long novel that takes a while to get to the point. And you have to, f you have to find a way for your imagination to work the way it did when you were a kid, six, seven years old. Remember, remember we spoke about it. You were making up characters. You gave the characters names and voices. When, when, when a book is describing what a room smells like, you can actually put yourself in a position where you can actually smell it yourself. You've given the you've given voice to the characters. It's your job to take the characters off of that author's page and put them into your life where you can actually under if you, you could be in an actual room with them and know what their handshake feels like. If they walked by you, you would know what they smelled like and what they sounded like. That only happens through actual long reading, long form reading, long form listening, S taking the time out to just sit. Don't get frustrated. Oh, this is taking too long. I got to get I get I got to get to the next article. Uh, I got to get this quick knowledge with cheese. No, no, no. It's taking too long. I'm in a rush. No, you're not. You have this one life and you're trying to you're trying to become as smart as you possibly can and as wise as you possibly can. And the only way to do that is sometimes to just sit still and read. Sit still. Take a moment out. Take a moment out and read a book. I always say that America doesn't want you to read a book because there's no commercials in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I used to always say that. Like, yeah, they don't want you to read a book because they haven't found the way to put advertisements in the books yet. You know, like commercial, you know, but um. I, that used to be a running joke with me years ago, you know, but I don't really say that anymore. I'm not saying I don't think it, but, you know, that's that's unnecessary. What's necessary is that is that everyone be cognizant of the fact that the rulers of the universe that you're in, they're sending their kids to school where they where they have to experience the world. And they have to read several books and they have to see the world in three dimensions and then and then imagine through books no glass screens, no televisions, no, no tablets. You know, I go to restaurants now and I see parents using these electronic devices to pacify their children. So it's making it easier for parents to control their kids. But you're not controlling your kids. That tablet's controlling your kids. You, when you speak, they don't listen. When that tablet speaks, they listen to it. That's dangerous. That's dangerous because you let you allow your child to sit off on some corner of your house quietly while they're ingesting and taking in all this information. You don't know where that information is sourced from. It's like I told you when I said go to one to go get your supplements. I said, I know where the stuff is sourced. You get what I'm saying? I know the source. Do you know the source of that information that your kids? Did you watch every single last one of those episodes of cartoons or whatever the heck that they're ingesting? Do, do, do you have any idea what the colors and things, what it's doing to how their brain is actually accessing information, how it's manipulating the neural pathways in your child's brain? You, all you're concerned with is that they're quiet. And I get it. You worked hard all week. You have a job. You had to commute. You went to the gym at 4 or 5 a.m. Then you came home to make breakfast. And then you had to make lunches. And then you had to send the kids to school. And then you had to go to work. And you had to rush and get the kids home. The last thing you need is a bunch of screaming children in the house. That's the last thing you want. And that tablet has become your friend. Those videos that you found that seems to pacify them, you don't really care. You don't see anything explicit or anything that's above their 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 age group. So you say, fine, as long as they're dot, 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 quiet. And so now they're at restaurants and the only way you can get them to sit there and not be agitated is if they have that screen. I remember, I think it was three or four years ago. There was some sort of rehab for teenagers that that were detached from their phones. Parents were trying to get children detached from their phones. So there was some sort of post stress, whatever, anxiety, detachment, anxiety and separation, anxiety from the technology in their lives. If your child has more video games and more YouTube videos than books, that's your fault. That's not the child's fault. 
if that child's attention span has been whittled down to less than eight seconds, when the attention span of a six, of a four or five or six years old, six year old who can sit there and sit there and imagine they can sit there in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a dirty playground and create all types of things. Have you ever seen a kid making sand castles at the beach? They're focused. That takes a certain amount of hyper focus to do that. That's what's important about manipulating our three-dimensional world. When you see a child sitting there for for how long creating these little sand castles and things of that nature or playing in the dirt. I used to have my little magnifying glass out there and you know in the front of my house in in New York and I'm looking at ants and I'm fizzing away ants. I would spend so much time out there I would forget to eat because I was so hyper aware of this three-dimensional world. I used to think about what is under the concrete in my driveway. I want to know. So I would take little knives from the kitchen and try to open up the the concrete and try to break it. And I would end up breaking one of my mother's knives because I wanted to know what was going on underneath. That's what the three-dimensional world is about. It's about uncovering. It's about uncovering. It's about getting down to the other levels, finding out how many layers there are. But when we're looking at everything from these two-dimensional screens, we're looking at everything from these, from these little video screens, they're giving all of this information to us the way they want to. Our imagination, guess what, is inactive for this experience because the other people who have imagination are the ones who created this content. And then they're giving it to people <laughs> whose imagination gets deactivated while watching it. If you read a book or something like that, if you're listening to someone in long form tell stories via audiobooks, you kind of have to fill in the blanks. But when you're watching something on a screen, there are no blanks to fill in. It's all given to you. The music's given. They're telling you how to feel vis-a-vis the music. They're telling you how to feel vis-a-vis the tone of the characters, how their facial expressions are. They're communicating every single last thing to you. So how do you pick up on social cues yourself? How do you develop a certain social intelligence yourself? I'll give you another example. I have a friend of mine. He owns a store. I'm not going to mention. Actually, I will mention. It's a it's a vitamin. It's a supplement store. And he told me this and this was striking. We had this conversation early 2020. He said. That there was a corporate meeting of everyone who owned know one of these vitamin stores and the corporate meeting was about how to address the issue with selling to young millennials in person the issue was this the younger millennials are not accustomed to people walking up to them saying hey can I help you can I help you with an item they were actually turned off by it and this is not a pushy salesman uh, a pushy sales sort of organization. This, this this organization is pretty hands off. They just like to help people. You know, obviously, someone walks into your place of business. You ask them, "Hey, can I help you? Is there anything I can help you with?" You know, we have a special today, and then you then after that. But what ends up happening is everyone has so accustomed right now in this generation, uh, and I'm not just saying younger millennials. This is this is now becoming prevalent among many demographics, but it was specifically about the younger millennials is because they're so accustomed to one click purchases online on a computer that they're not accustomed to actually speaking to people in stores. This is a group of people that don't really call each other on the phone. They text. Maybe they'll do a couple of video chats, maybe, but they text a great deal. They're in several group chats where they chat with each other. They send emojis that are supposed to represent how they're feeling. They'll send a meme that encapsulates what they think they feel, but they're not able to actually articulate it because they're constantly being given information. They're given how they're supposed to feel vis-a-vis these memes and vis-a-vis these visual cues that they've been given from everything else in their lives, but they can't pick up on social cues themselves. So if an attention span is now whittled down to eight seconds, do you really understand the world around you? 
if I left you out there without any uh, uh, digital aids, would you understand the world around you? Remember, the mind can only process so much information. This physical world that we see is a world. There's more to this physical world than we see because our mind can only take in so much information. So if our attention spans have been reduced, that means we're taking in less information about our physical world than we would have before. So there are a lot of visual cues out there and social cues out there that you're, you're not even processing. You're not even picking up on at a certain age because you're not accustomed to it. So that's the reason why I titled this episode, Watch Them. We have to watch what we're watching. We have to literally watch what we're doing. I'm not admonishing the new technology or this, that, and the third. I'm not doing that. I'm not saying let's go away with everything digital and these visual aids. I'm saying this is the end game. This is the end result of that. This is, this is what's on the other side of that. Meanwhile, why is it that these private schools where parents are spending 15, 20 people are where parents are spending more for these private elementary schools than some people are spending to get their college degree. Why is it that these private elementary schools, children that are barely five years old, barely out of kindergarten, why is it that these schools, six, seven, eight years old, and there's other schools now that even take it up until their 10th birthday, by the way, that say, no, 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 no TV. This is what they're allowed to watch. This is it, parents. So they're literally these these teachers and this curriculum is teaching the parents how to parent the student. They're not even leaving it up to chance. Yes, we know you have money. We know you're educated, but that's not enough. We also have to create the kind of environment that's going to allow this child to to succeed and exceed and be able to understand this world. Because what does it say about our world? How are we going to handle the more complicated issues of the world that cannot be whittled down to some six or seven or eight second sound bite? What do we have to ask ourselves those long questions, those, those, those difficult questions that need long answers, that maybe need a, a philosopher's diatribe, that need several discussions, several town halls, where it's not about sound bites and how we can cancel them because of this little tiny excerpt that we've taken, possibly taken out of context. What happens then if our attention spans are so low now or so, 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 so drastically reduced and decreased? Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? No, one's gonna, no one out there is going to tell you to read more. Because you know what? Me telling you to read more is detrimental to this show, isn't it? Because if you're reading more, you're listening to me less. Your television programs aren't going to tell you to read more because there aren't any advertisements in it. And it's corporations that pay for TV time. Your TV show interrupts commercials. That's how the corporations look at it. Your, the TV shows and programming that you're watching is interrupting the commercials. The commercials is where it's at. You understand? corporations pay for every single last show and every single last actor and every single last musician that you like. Okay. Corporations, they're not going to tell you to read more. Most people who have a show like mine aren't going to tell you to read more books because that means you'll probably be listening to listening to my show less and reading more. If that's what ends up happening, then fine. Then my show. And when I say read more, I mean long books and I don't mean books from this generation per se. I would like to uh, uh, suggest some books, but we'll do that at a later time. I'll say older books. Pick up a big book. Go find an old big book. See how that makes you feel. And see what happens then. And, and get accustomed to sitting there. And if you're a little frustrated with the book, it's like using a new muscle. It's like you, you pick up a weight and you can only pick it up so much and then you put it down. And maybe next week you're a little stronger or next month you're a little stronger. Don't be frustrated with yourself if you realize, okay, I can only get through five, six pages of this or three, four pages and I'm done. That's fine. Great. Fold it up and maybe you'll need to read it again and go back. And, and, start in, and start from the beginning again and then maybe you'll get another couple of pages out of it, you know. And see how you feel about that. And let that, let that mull around in your head. I remember um, 
listening to a lot of uh, 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 podcasts uh, some years back where a lot of the, uh, the, the, the vanguards of Silicon Valley that helped create it, create a lot of these smartphones and apps and things of that nature, they said, you know, we've let Frankenstein's monster out of the lab. And what they meant by that was these same people who created this technology, they wean their children and themselves off it for two to three days out of the week. Two to three days out of the week, they don't allow themselves or their children to play with this technology, to wean themselves off, to create a balance. So if the people who created this technology are controlling their ingestion of this technology, what's that saying? And if you have schools, the highest level schools, the elitist schools in New York City and Manhattan saying your child's not allowed to watch this stuff or play with these gadgets or anything until their seventh birthday and sometimes until their 10th birthday. What's that saying? So this isn't just June speaking. Go and do your own research. I always encourage people to do their own research. Do your own research. Don't take my word for it. Look it up yourself and see. And I remember watching that and saying to myself, my God, look at this. If they're not letting their children use this technology five, seven days, six, seven days a week, then what are we doing? If the elites, these millionaires, their kids don't even have to be bright. They're buying, these, these parents have already bought and sold, they already bought their, their eight-year-old's spot at Ivy League institutions all over this country, if not world. This kid doesn't even have to do much anymore. But if you're really truly raising a thinker and a doer, then this is something that you have to seriously consider. You have to seriously consider if you guys out there, anyone out there with small children or who plans to have children <clears throat> in the future, or if you're a teenager right now listening or you're a young adult right now listening, I am imploring you and encouraging you, put your device down, not just right now, but for a couple of days, even if it means you're not listening to a couple of my new episodes, fine, fine, you'll get back to me when you get back to me. But I would rather you read and send me an email about what you're reading and then I'll probably go out there. I'd rather I'd rather have a show about books and then we'll discuss it, a book club, than just to have everyone tuned in to everything else that's going on as opposed to honing and mining and strengthening their own imaginations. Let's go out there and imagine a little bit. Let's let's stop watching everyone else's imagination at play and start putting ourselves in a position to create those alternate pathways and remembering details and picturing detailed scenes and being able to think through complex problems the way in the way that only a complex piece of literature can. OK, well, in that note, on that note, I bid you good night and we will speak again. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye.